This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. Good afternoon and welcome to the 17th edition of Black Wall Street Today, where we'll focus on leadership and endurance and entrepreneurship. It's always a blessing to share with you and I want to invite you to continue the conversation with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Instagram and at BWS Today on Twitter. We're always looking for innovative perspectives that will empower us in our entrepreneurial journey. So if you're interested in a feature, you can reach out to us directly at Blair at BlackBrand.biz or visit our website, www www.blackwallstreet.today and submit your information. Coming up this weekend, if you're tuning in from the Hampton Roads, Virginia area, our first networking brunch and learn of the year featuring Great Eats at the delicious Cutlass Grow in Chesapeake, Virginia, and a continued focus on leadership. Join us from 11 to 1 at 805 North Battlefield Boulevard. Get your networking pass at janbrunchandlearn.eventbrite.com and stay tuned as we will be joined later in the show by one of our event facilitators, Angela Hollowell, who will share on what leadership means to you in your business. Join us tomorrow night as well for Sip and Taste at Supper, a new networking event at the Wonderful Supper Restaurant on 21st Street in Norfolk, owned by the prominent Dr. Keith Newby. 5 to 7 p.m. tomorrow night. Look forward to seeing you there. First up is part three of our five-part series on stocks and entrepreneurship with Hampton University alum, Mr. J.R. Fenwick, founder and CEO of FlipThatStock.com and award-winning author of How I Quit My $100,000 a Year Job. J.R., welcome back to the show. Hey, great to be back. How you doing? It's great to have you. We've covered so much ground in the world of stocks and entrepreneurship. I want to thank you for this content. Our listeners are happy. I'm excited. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. And uh, each week, I like to just keep building on what we're talking about, just help educate people, make them aware, and uh, eventually push people to activity. You know, it's not just getting the knowledge. And they say knowledge is power, but it's really acting on the knowledge. That's where the power comes from. So I, I love doing it. I think that's great. Before we get into it, can you share with our listening audience, uh, which includes listeners actually from all over the world via iHeartRadio, where can they find you for one of your upcoming seminars via your your Black Wall Street movement? Yeah, so they can go to uh, live, L-I-V-E, seminarregistration.com, liveseminarregistration.com. That's where we update all our upcoming seminars. And uh, interestingly enough, since we started this movement, um, our last two seminars have been so sold out. It's it's been incredible. Over 500 people registered and growing as we uh, do this across the country. And remind us again uh, what that movement is. 1,000 new, what, what is it? Yeah, so what what our goal is this year in 2019 is to educate, teach uh, 1,000 new um, stock traders. Mm. Take people who who are beginners. You don't have to know anything about the stock market. We start you at ground zero and teach you and show you and build you up to the point where you're self-sufficient and able to go into the stock market and buy and sell stocks and trade stocks as well as invest in stocks. 
which as we spoke before, is, is holding stocks for a longer period of time. So that's our goal, just to get our folks involved in it, um, get us to understand the process and actively get involved in it. And uh, a lot of people want to know. They just thought it was too complicated or a lot of other myths that we'll probably get into today that yeah. we're going to bust. Wonderful so, movement. I'm excited yeah. to be a part of it. So so why should I actively participate in the stock market? Give me some context. The reason you should, yeah, the reason you should actively participate in it is because whether you're actively participating in it or not, it's affecting you. Mm. Every day the stock market affects Everybody in this country through, you know, a lot of people have 401ks and the 401ks are based on the stock market and what's happening in the market. So if you don't know how that's really working, you know, you're kind of at a disadvantage. Most people get that 401k statement like, you know, every few months and they hope and pray when they open it up that, you know, their portfolio went up and they're mad if it went down, but they don't understand how it works. So how can you be mad if it went down? And how can you be glad if it went up if you really don't understand how it works and how the market works? Um, the other thing is, and I'm just going to go there. Yeah. We're actively involved in everything else. We're actively involved in sports. We're actively involved in entertainment, right? We're actively involved in talking about, you know, uh, what LeBron is doing and what's going on in this reality TV show. So good, yes. Why, why, why are we not actively involved in the most powerful wealth creator ever invented and known to mankind? Wow. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, no, go ahead and say it. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what is it that the wealthy knows about the stock market that perhaps the average person does not? So here's what they know. Uh, number one, they know that it is the biggest wealth creator. And um, they know that it allows them to get uh, passive income versus okay. active income. So most of us are taught to get active income, which means we go out and we trade our time for money. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but we definitely want to add on the passive income aspect, which is doing something one time and having the opportunity, not the guarantee, but the opportunity to uh, generate income. So, for example, if you went out and you purchased some shares of stock, right, mm -hmm. you did that one time and the stock starts moving, right, it starts going up uh, and you start making money. Well, that's passive income. You didn't have to go out and, you know, trade your time or anything every single day for that stock to go up. Got it. So wealthy know that. They also know about ownership. And see, when you um, uh, purchase stock, you actually are buying ownership in these companies. And it gives you a different type of confidence. You know, when you can go into an uh, Apple store, the maker of iPhones, and say, hey, I'm one of the owners of that. Right, right. Microsoft or these other stores. I'm one of the owners of that. You feel different, you know. So these are the type of things uh, that they know. And they also know it gives them power. If you get enough shares in a company, you got the power. You can help shape and mold where that company's going. So this is why, this is what they know that, that the average person doesn't know. 
What an opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, this is Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. We are having a conversation with J.R. Fenwick, who is the founder and CEO of FlipThatStock.com, part of our actually third third installment on our five-part series on stocks and entrepreneurship. Let's talk about some disadvantages, two disadvantages for those who are not involved in the stock market. Well, I see two main disadvantages uh, for people who aren't in the stock market. One is that um, the stock market, the whole purpose of it is you put uh, some money in it with the intention of that money growing. So we, you know, we say, hey, put your money in and bring back some of your friends. Put a dollar in, bring a quarter back um, mm. and, and help your money grow. Okay. So if you're not in it, then you're losing out on that opportunity of, of having an opportunity to have your money grow. The second disadvantage is a social disadvantage. Okay. And this is a big disadvantage that we have, whereas when you're in certain circles and the people with money, they talk about making money and, and probably the most common topic is through the stock market. So imagine if you were in a room with folks and everybody knew about the stock market except for you. Wow. You're going to be shunned or you're going to be left out or you try and chime in and maybe they'll try and teach you a little bit, but at some point you're going to get left behind. And so those are the two big disadvantages I see if you're not in it, not having your money grow and socially not being able to keep up with what's going on and help, you know, build a better financial future. Wow. It just... It gets me to thinking about why we're not learning these concepts much, 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 much earlier. You know, the thought that this could be someone's first time hearing this information. It's just a, it's scary, but, you know, I appreciate your mission. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it it is interesting. And whether that's coordinated or Mm -hmm. not, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Right. We could could have a whole show on that. We definitely could. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, um, we're hearing about it now. And um, and so now you have two options. One is to do nothing and keep doing what you've been doing. Or two is to learn and then act on that knowledge uh, that you're learning and, and change and get involved. So we still have the opportunity. The market's not going anywhere. So I think a lot of us have heard about the stock market, right? But we are fearful Mm -hmm. for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about some Mm -hmm. of the common myths associated with the stock market. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I speak all over the country to thousands of people and I hear these same things over and over again. Um, One of them is that you got to be rich. That's a rich people's thing, you know. Well, maybe people got rich because they got in the market, Right. you know? Um, it just, just kind of got to think, like, some of this stuff, I just wonder, like, some of the other things I hear, um, you know, you need a degree or certificate or some type of license hmm. uh, to buy and sell stocks for yourself. Absolutely not. That's not true. Um, this is a big one I hear. Oh, this is gambling. You know, you put your money in the stock market, you're gambling, and you're going to lose all your money. Well... How do you combat that one? Well, there's two reasons that people lose money in the stock market. One is they're uneducated and they don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Or two is they took excessive risk to get excessive gain. And they knew they were taking excessive risk Mm -hmm. to to get that excessive gain. But gambling is where you have absolutely no control. You You roll the dice. You don't have any control over the dice. And the stock market is very calculated. 
It's almost like I, I call myself a stock market surgeon. I mean, we're very precise at what we're doing and how we're going in and how we're uh, getting in and out of stocks and okay. protecting ourselves along the way. So it's not gambling. Um, it's not too complicated. That's another one. Oh, it's just too complicated. Hmm. Well, look at all this other stuff we do. Driving <laughs> a car is more complicated than, than investing and trading in the stock market. Well, you got to do hours of research. It says who? Technology has made it so with a click of a button, we can find the information we're looking for. We're educated and know where to go to find the information. You know, and so, and then another one is, well, it doesn't affect me anyway. And we talked about that earlier. Yeah, it's affecting you, you know, whether you're in it or not. The stock market is affecting you. And so uh, I hear these things all the time. And I usually start my seminars off with getting all those obstacles out of the way to make sure people understand they are not true. It's just not true. But so, you, know, you have to take take the effort, you know, to, to learn these things. I agree. So within the context of your platform, flipthatstock.com, mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. you kind of holding people's hands as they are getting started with this endeavor? What what distinguishes your platform from some of the others that are out there? Mm-hmm. Thanks for that question. It's a great question. And one of the things uh, that we hear, uh, I hear all the time about our platform. Um, I guess I could explain it this way. I was doing the seminar and this lady in the audience just kept staring at me. I mean, she was like just gawking at me. Hmm. And I could tell there was something on her mind. So I stopped the whole seminar. I didn't know this lady, never seen her before. And I said, there's something on your mind. What's going on? And she said, uh, Mr. Fenwick, I... Um, just went to a seminar last week and it was so complicated what they were talking about mm. the way they were explaining it and the way you're breaking this down it's so simple and my mind is just trying to figure is it this simple the way he's saying it and that's our claim to fame got it we're able to take the so-called complex and break it down into a very simple and understandable and fun format so when we have uh, our live sessions online and people tune in from all over the world, mm-hmm. we have fun. We talk trash. You know, we, we do all kinds of stuff. We make it fun because it is fun. It doesn't have to be all stuffy and tight. And uh, so really the way we teach it, the way we organize it, and then we've created our own language. So just like the word Uber came out, maybe seven, eight years ago, nobody knew what Uber was, but they took that word and now everybody knows what Uber means. So we created our own language in our community that we all understand that simplifies the whole process of trading and investing and we have fun with it. You know what, as we're as we're wrapping up here, just for the benefit of someone who may have just turned their radio on, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today. We've got another five minutes here in the third installment on our five-part series on stocks and entrepreneurship with J.R. Fenwick, who has founded uh, FlipThatStock.com. He is also the award-winning author of How I Quit My $100,000 a Year Job. And so you're kind of, he's kind of now just sharing with us a little bit about the platform itself and what distinguishes it, it from others that, that exist. And what I'm learning is simplicity is key. You've got this language that you've created. So you're breaking down barriers to entry um, through just the way you do it. Is that right, JR? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it, you know, there's that fear that it is too complicated. There's that fear that, um, you know, I just don't know what I'm, what I'm getting myself into. And, um, and so uh, another thing that we do is we use a lot of analogies because we use an analogy that everybody understands every day. And then you just apply that to the stock market. Um, people learn very, very quickly. And so that's our mission is to take the complexity out of it, show people they can do it. They can do it. Um, and that it is not as hard. The number one uh, response that I get after people start taking the course and uh, watching our videos and, 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 and uh, tuning into our live events, the number one compliment uh, or comment that I get is, I can't believe this is that easy. I just can't believe it. Well, it is when it's taught the right way. But, you know, there's, there's so many different courses out here um, and they charge so much. They have to feel like they're putting all this high-tech, rocket science-type information in there because of, of the, you know, the astronomical fees they charge in many instances. But uh, I think you just break this thing down, make it simple for the everyday person to understand and get involved in. Yeah. And so talk to us just a little bit in this maybe two and a half minutes that we have left about some of the successes that you're seeing uh, with folks that have accessed your platform. Yeah, so we've had people who have gone from uh, knowing nothing about the stock market to being able to actively go in there themselves, open up the platform, open up the app, open up the software, go in, find stocks, purchase stocks, make a profit. We've had people who go in, and if the stock doesn't do what they want it to do, they know how to minimize their losses. So we've had uh, a lot of success with that. I think the biggest part of it is their confidence. Their mm. confidence goes through the roof because they know how the market works now. They know what they're talking about when they turn on the TV and, and you know, surfing the web and things like that. Um, which, I don't know what price you put on that, but uh, uh, mm. tremendous success there. And just growing, you know, day by day, week by week as we uh, go across the country teaching folks. I love it. JR, are you accessible via social media at all for folks that may have questions that uh, want to get started with flipthatstock.com? Yeah, I am. Uh, okay. I'm on Facebook at just jrfilmwith.com. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, jrfilmwith.com. Uh, uh, Facebook, jrfilmwith. LinkedIn, jrfilmwith. And then uh, you can just go to flipthatstock.com and we have a contact us button. Okay. Um, and, and then again, they can see where our live seminars are across the country as well. Fantastic. Well, I'm certainly, again, very excited about the initiative to educate 1,000 new stock traders um, and looking forward to continuing to build on our segment here. Thanks so much, JR. Thank you. Enjoy it and look forward to next week. And we're going to drop some big things next week. So everybody make sure you tune in. That's right. Well, this segment was brought to you by FlipThatStock.com, the leading education and technology company that specializes in teaching beginners how the stock market works. And next up, we are super excited to focus now on leadership for longevity in business. Who better to celebrate with than Gil Bland, the CEO of the Urban League, who's celebrating the 35th anniversary of their upcoming MLK breakfast, and Angela Hollowell, a leading leadership and success coach with LEAD, the success coach company. I know that was a mouthful. Welcome. I'm honored to have you both. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much for being here. So let me start out actually with you, Gil. You've really done a lot to develop the Hampton Roads area in terms of entrepreneurship and community development. Could you just speak to some of your business accolade and your sort of commitment to this this work? Well, uh, you know, I was uh, sharing with you between the break uh, in, in the African culture, they revere us old gray-haired folks, but I've been entrepreneur for nearly 35 years operating uh, restaurants uh, across multiple states, uh, up to 70 restaurants. And uh, I've turned my entrepreneurship more into social entrepreneurship in the past year and became the president and CEO of the Hampton Roads Urban League. We're an affiliate of the National Urban League, which is the oldest civil rights organization in America, focusing on education, uh, home and housing opportunities, uh, workforce development, and, and healthcare initiatives for our community. I love it. Let me ask this just as a follow-up question. What would you say then, if you're thinking about this leadership piece, what are some of the core components that really contributed to your success and then your decision to turn to the land of social entrepreneurship? Well, for, for me, and, and if I were talking to, uh, to other aspiring uh, business people, I, I think preparation and planning are probably the, the, the key attributes. Uh, preparation being education, uh, workforce training, uh, maybe with other organizations before you venture out and, and invest your own funds. And then the planning is, is just understanding what the opportunities require. Uh, that might be capital, that might be understanding your competition, uh, your location, uh, depending on the type of business. And, and future opportunities, because uh, if you're going in with a static approach that what works today uh, will work um, in the future, uh, that won't happen. When I started the restaurant business, uh, it was unheard of that, that water would have a price. Uh, mm. Now, uh, it's, it's, it's standard fare. So it's really, uh, again, planning and, uh, and preparation. I love it. In fact, if you're just tuning in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today. Uh, we're having a conversation now about leadership and longevity in business with Gil Bland, president of the Hampton Roads Urban League, as well as Angela Hollowell of Lead the Success Coach Company. Uh, we are going to open up the phone line 757-727-5711 if you have questions. Angela. What do you see as the leadership component here? We're all building what we hope are going to become sustainable businesses. Um, how do we come to that point where we kind of understand ourselves well enough to build something that will last? What would so, you say? Blair, that's a phenomenal question. And when I think about individuals and ensuring that you position yourself properly, it's really about starting with understanding yourself, understanding what it is truly that you are purposed to do, um, and understanding the process that it takes to evolve that. And in many scenarios, you know, we do things for corporate America or other businesses to enhance their dreams and what they're designed to do, um, use, utilizing our potential and not really understanding that this is what I was born to do. And certainly I can do it for myself. But as Gil has explained, you have to go through that process of planning it out, not just from the business aspect, but also being able to delve into self understanding that full model that's needed um, within self to grow and become that leader yourself. Can I just point out, incidentally, that you guys have a relationship? Can you say what that is? <laughs> I just think that's so cool. So I learned um, as we were waiting um, to come on that back when I was in high school, wow. um, 
I started my my career working for Gil. Um, wow. I worked for, you know, one of the industries at one of the restaurants that he owned. Um, so full circle, as, as we talked about um, in the lobby. So very cool. I'm certain that, that there's more to come to complete this circle, right? Yes. One, we're talking about leadership. We're talking about longevity in business. I, I want to kind of piggyback, though, because I know that, you know, it's the start of 2019. A lot of us are making resolutions. We're thinking about entrepreneurship, perhaps in different ways. Mm-hmm. What needs to be the frame of mind? How, how do we, because I know a lot of us already have already broken those New Year's right. resolutions, right? What? How can we adjust our perspective so that we have some success this year? So Blair, really what we have to do is change our thought process of how we go about this. Um, We have to ask ourselves first, are we looking for a temporary fix or are we looking for a permanent change? Um, What I tell my clients is that we're not going to set goals and we're not going to set resolutions. We're going to set a growth strategy. Hmm. Um, We're going to identify, you know, what is it that we really want to accomplish? Um, Not small scale. We're not going to say, I want to lose weight. We're going to say, I'm looking to be a healthier me. And then what are the actions? Because when we do that New Year's resolution, what we miss is the action component. What are the steps that we have to put in place to accomplish the overall goal? And we'll net the results. We'll net the weight loss. We'll net the better health. So it's really about establishing, again, that growth plan versus that New Year's resolution. You know, not focusing on the destination, but really focusing on the journey. Um, You know, when we do that goal, once we hit that goal, if I lose that 50 pounds, I go back to eating like I used to eat and I gain 50 plus 10 because you know that's how weight loss works, right? Wow. (laughs) But if (laughs) if I change and grow, it becomes my lifestyle. And now I have a lifelong change versus just 50 pounds. Phenomenal. I'm taking notes, always taking notes during the show. Gil, what would you say? Well, I I would just uh, amplify what I was saying earlier. We spent, uh, last year was my first year as CEO of the Urban League, and we spent most of 2018 uh, preparing uh, for what we hope to execute in 2019. Uh, An awful lot of planning, uh, you know, doing an environmental scan of what the needs and opportunities were for our community and where we fit into that environmental scan. Uh, and also coupling that with the experiences of, of my own personal life and that of, uh, of our team members and our collaborative community partners. So uh, for 2019, we're now ready for execution. And we see this as a, uh, as a wonderful opportunity to, to, to actually implement that which we planned and prepared for last year. So let me piggyback there as well then. So is this the 35th year of the Urban League in Hampton Roads? It's actually the 41st year. 41st year. Uh, uh, This will be the 35th year of the Martin Luther King celebration, which we uh, this year will host at the Ted Constant Center on this upcoming Monday. It's a federal holiday for Dr. King. We celebrate his life and legacy as well as honor uh, community leaders who serve to inspire others. Uh, we are pleased. Uh, it's a sold-out event, uh, record attendance, and uh, wow. and just very grateful to community and sponsors who support us. I love it. I think it takes a different kind of energy to operate in the world of social entrepreneurship. It's, Have you found that it's to be the, the same skill set? Uh, okay. You know, we just measure return differently. Uh, in the private sector, we measure it primarily in monetary return on capital. Uh, in um, 
the service world, it's it's return on, on societal uh, improvement. And, mm. and that's what we focus on. We develop metrics uh, that we can measure and, and use as goals that, that, you know, we can chart our progress or lack thereof. And, and that's the uh, that's a return. Same skill set. Same skill set. Same skill set. Hmm. If you're just tuning in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today. Our phone lines are open, 757-727-5711. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about longevity. We are sitting with Gil Bland, who is the president of the Urban League Hampton Roads, and Angela Hollowell, who is with LEAD, the success coach company, just sharing here uh, some nuggets for hopefully uh, walking into 2019 with a different swagger, as it were. (laughs) What have, what have you got for us, Angela? So so thinking about those those tangible steps that we need to take um, in order to improve our entrepreneurship, what, what would you say? What I would idea. say is first start with the frame of mind that you don't want to put a lid on your potential. No so, lid. No lid. So whether it's personal or whether it's your business, your lid is where your capacity stops. So the leader dictates how far you can go or how far you can grow. Um, when we start thinking about how we accomplish these things, I would tell you that one, we want to make sure that we learn it. So we want to make sure that we identify the what and the why. There has to be a true why behind um, what we're trying to accomplish because without that, we lose the drive because motivation gets us going, but persistence and consistency gets us growing. Um, Hmm. Could you say that again? Absolutely. (laughs) Write that one down. (laughs) Absolutely. So it's the motivation that gets us going. You know, I get excited about this is what I want to do. But it's that consistency, that discipline that keeps us growing. And that's really where we have to get to, the growth portion. You know, we get on our journeys and we want to accomplish something and we identify it's not easy. Um, It's taken a really long time. We begin to quit. We have to trust the process. So again, we learn it, identify the what, identify the why, and truly have an understanding behind those things. And then put those components in place to develop an action plan. You know, Gil talked about 2018. They spent that time building a plan. We miss that step always. We miss the planning step. How am I actually going to get there? You know, where, what's the GPS steps? And then after that, lead it. So he also talked about the results. You know, they put in measurables to identify how am I doing? Mm -hmm. What are the true results? And then the key is is understanding that as I go through that process, that learning, living it and leading it, others are watching. In everything that we do, we lead someone else. So leadership's not really optional. It's not. Blair, I I would add, I I often sign letters in the village, and it's borrowing a um, a, a off-used concept that speaks to community. But I think whether it's private sector or uh, in the social service environment, those who are willing to to seek collaboration and work with others, learn with others, uh, share with others, uh, whether that's your own team members in your own organization or, or that of other community organizations, or, you know, frankly, in the private sector, uh, communicating with banks, consultants, uh, all of those suppliers that, you know, that's a full, open communication relationship. Even when you hit obstacles, uh, if, if you're communicating on the front end, uh, you're more likely to get ahead. There's no business person 
uh, or few business people that can honestly say that it was smooth sailing mm. all the time. Uh, and it's when you have those uh, partnerships and collaborations to lean upon, uh, to learn from, and to frankly uh, bail you out at times uh, that, that there's a greater opportunity for success. I love that level of transparency, especially when you say to expect obstacles. There's no, there's no blueprint whereby we can actually avoid, you know, failure really. Um, so, so I love that. Angela, can you speak? How, how did you get to the space of uh, of leadership? Absolutely. How did this? How did you discover this was a passion of yours? So, you just mentioned a word that I think is very profound, and it's failure. You know, and I, I tell people that. Failure is a part of the process, right? The key is to fail forward. Mm -hmm. Fail forward simply means that when I fail, I learn from it. Now, if I fail and I do the same thing again, then I'm not failing forward. Um, Gil just talked about having a strong inner circle, being connected to individuals that are going to add value to you, and then you have the opportunity to add value to them. And that's really what it's about. Um, I work in corporate America, and I've do me. And Gil talked about, you know, the difference between what he was doing and what he's doing today. It's not a different skill set. He's walking in his potential. He's walking in his purpose. He's simply applying it to a different arena. And, and that's how I would say for myself, you know, what I do in my corporate job is the exact same thing that I do for my business. Hmm. It's, the, it's me. It's me being put in that atmosphere um, and really walking in my purpose, in my potential Ensuring that I have that strong inner circle around me, which Gil is now a part of. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good one to have. Right, right. <laughs> and, and, and pursuing and having a true and clear plan that's modifiable. Because mm. just because you wrote it this way doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. You know, I tell my clients, you have to have an empire state of mind. But as you progress, your empire is going to change. What it looks like, it's going to change. Let me just interject quickly, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, uh, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street today. We're having a conversation about leadership and longevity with the, uh, Angela Hollowell and Gil Bland. That's good. Looks like we've got a caller. Black Wall Street today. This is Blair Durham. How could I help? Yes, I had a question. Um, okay. I What's your name, sir? Carl Schultz. Hi, Carl. Hey, how are you? Doing well. What have you got? A uh, question, uh, uh, this is um, directed to Angela. She, she talked about building a strong circle. And uh, I, I guess I wanted some some direction on that, building a strong circle around you. So when you think about your inner circle and what your potential is and the things that you want to accomplish, you want to begin to look at, one, who's already around me that can help me grow to the next level? But also, once you've identified what that potential is, you begin to look out and seek others. Um, I've always been told that if I'm the smartest person in the circle, then I need to find a different circle. So sure. the need is to begin to go out and look at who can I find, who can I interact with, go to different network networking opportunities, capitalize on those happenstances. You know, I didn't know that I was going to meet Gil today, but I've met Gil today and I'm going to ensure that he's a part of my inner circle because he has value to add. So it's ensuring that also that you understand what the value add is that the individuals have. Um, it becomes important not to expect someone to offer something that they don't have to offer because you simply set yourself up for disappointment. 
Good. Carl, this is uh, Gil, and and I would add, uh, I I started my career as a banker, and one of the first pieces of advice was if you're building a company, uh, and you and your partner have the, both the same skill set or the, the same tools, and one of you not is unnecessary. Uh, if if you're the finance guy as part of the team, uh, you don't need another finance guy. You might need a marketing guy or. Uh, uh, operations guy, and similarly, once you uh, step outside of your company and, and seek community assistance or or technical assistance, be willing to hire or um, link up with those who have already uh, walked a path that you're hoping to uh, to traverse. Oh, that's awesome! And that's and that's uh, the thing. I, I, she's trying to find the right mentors. Um, that's, I've had a, a small struggle with that because I don't know. I think I I, I try to read their mind. <laughs> Carl, I'm sorry. We we've got to wrap up here. Uh, we do want to hear more though. Feel free to shoot us a message uh, via via Facebook or via Instagram, and we'll get your the rest of your question responded to. As we're closing though, I do Angel, if you could just say um, how it is that you can be reached, uh, so folks know how to get in contact with you. So what I'd like for everyone to do, if you can, from your cellular phone, text the word success to 77948. That's the word success to 77948. And from there, you'll receive my electronic business card that will give you full access from social media, email, all, all of the different means of contact. Perfect. Thanks so much, Angela. Text success to 77948. This has been a wonderful conversation. We will be continuing after the break uh, on the conversation about longevity in business with Dr. Peggy Britt. And we'll talk about 45 years of Dr. Peggy Britt with the Philharmonics. Talk soon. Welcome back to this edition of Black Wall Street Today. If you are just joining us, we have leadership expert Angela Hollowell of Lead the Success Coach Company. And just joining us is the renowned Dr. Peggy Britt, musician and teacher, just everything par excellent. We're so delighted to have you both. Thank you for being here. Oh, man, this is a pleasure for me. I love uh, HU. I've done work with them over the years and uh, it's just been great. I love it. I love being back over here. Awesome. Awesome. So I got to ask you, we're talking about longevity in business, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 45 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's no small feat. Can yeah. you paint the picture for us, Peggy? How did the Philharmonics come to be in this area and how have you sustained this group wow. over the years? We um, were organized, uh, well, 45 years ago. And wow. um, we just, uh, I just wanted to do some things uh, with music in uh, in an excellent way and uh, I was sent these great singers and um, we did what we did for a long time uh, and after about 21 years we took a hiatus until about 10 uh, 10 years ago and then um, coming up this weekend uh, will be our 45th celebration too. And what we're actually doing is uh, being a fundraiser for a um, homeless initiative called Hope Alive. Um, wow. it's, been, it's been great. And I tell you, part of, part of the longevity is to make sure that um, whatever it is that you're offering, um, it, you're offering it in excellence. Uh, and you always, you know, I, I don't know if, if this is a, a going thought pattern, but you always try to outdo yourself. 
Uh, it's not that we were in competition with anybody else, but we always wanted to be our best selves to serve the people that appreciated what we did and what we do. What a concept. Mm -hmm. I think often our, our institutions of learning teach us it's about what the next person is doing, you know, mm -hmm. who's got the better yeah. algorithm, who's got the best score. Yeah. Uh, but you just said something really profound. And it's really, to me, it's really frustrating to try to to try to uh, come up to somebody else's standards. But on the flip side of the Cohen, Cohen is if you are always trying to outdo yourself, you're always in competition only with yourself. And you always, again, want to present your best self and, your, the, the, and you keep your standard high. You never lower that standard. And uh, I think it, makes, it, makes, it really does make for longevity in whatever it is you do. I love it. Angela, you look like you want to <laughs> chime in. What's your thought? Well, as I was listening to her, what I really heard was she identified what her empire looked like. She identified where she wanted to go, right? And then they put the necessary steps in place to accomplish it. Mm -hmm. And as they moved towards it, or as I would say, as they walked that yellow brick road, it began to change and it began to evolve and get bigger and better. Mm -hmm. So it's really about knowing where I'm going. Let's start with, with a place in mind mm -hmm. and let's begin the journey mm -hmm. and watch it evolve and watch it grow. At that point, no one else has anything to do with this. Mm -hmm. When I see others, I can use them in my inner circle to say, hey, you do this great. Let me, let me tap into you. Let me add value to you and you add value to me. And, and what, I grow. That's exactly what happened. Um, when I say these other singers were sent to me, that's exactly what happened. Uh, you put it so beautifully. Um, they came into my circle and added to me what I needed for the vision that I had where I was going. And they were able to align with that and uh, just became a part of this big thing called the Philharmonic Gospel Singers which I, I love with all of my heart and uh, just uh, uh, went down that yellow brick road with them. <laughs> Beautiful story. So, and this is this is a tough part because we all get there, that space of, oh my goodness, this is too difficult. I am fatigued. You know, that inevitable riff, even when the folks have been sent to you, there could still be a riff that happens. Can like, I tell you yesterday? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know, bring that real. You that know, what is it that allows us to push beyond that moment? Absolutely. I think it's. Uh, I think it's vision. I think it's uh, tenacity. I think it's determination. I think it's. Uh, this is bigger than me, so I have to keep pursuing it. Uh, because if I pay attention to myself, I'll give up. I'll turn around, I'll walk away, but I'm not. Uh, that over there is too big and too important for me to accomplish, for me to give up. And, uh, you know, I have, there, there are three parts of my passion that uh, comes in waves. Uh, it's music, it's ministry, and it's money. Because I am a pastor of a small church in Portsmouth, Virginia. I, I am the founder of the Philharmonic Gospel Singers, and I'm also working with a financial firm that helps uh, families solve their uh, financial issues and takes them into their uh, financial independence. And so these three things go in waves, sometimes simultaneous, simultaneously, sometimes one over the other. Mm -hmm. 
But all of that's part of my passion and all of that's part of my drive. And in either one of those arenas, I have felt like that. This is too hard. I can't do it. I know they did it, but can I do it? You know, and start questioning myself. So the key is having that vision that's larger than you. Absolutely. Like and a purpose that's larger than me. One minute. My producer is like right here. Closing thoughts, Angela. What do you have? I think my closing thought on this topic is understand that once you've learned to quit, it's become a, it becomes a habit. Mm. Say that Individuals <laughs> that are successful do what they don't feel like doing until they feel like doing it. So wow. when you begin a workout process, you don't want to get up and work out. But eventually, your body tells you to get up because now it's the norm. So learn to succeed and it will become a habit. Uh, anything else? Just want to say the same thing. I want to say ditto and winning is a habit. Let's get in the habit of winning. Perfect. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to the 17th edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. We will talk next week. Thanks so much. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party.